Welcome to the Roboticist Chronicles, an ARC Specialties podcast where we get into the nuts and bolts of robots, automation, and the implications of an evolving machine workforce. All right, hello and welcome to the Market Scale Studio, everyone. This is an episode of the Roboticist Chronicles. I'm Tyler Kern, joined by Dan Alford, the president and founder of ARC Specialties. Dan, thanks for being here today. Oh, thanks for having me back. It's always fun to get a chance to talk to you because you have just such a wide range of knowledge and interest in lots of different things. And today we're going to dive into a topic I think you're fairly passionate about. We're going to be talking about tariffs and subsidies, something that's been uh, important to your business as well. Oh, absolutely. It affects me every day. So you call yourself an unrepentant free market capitalist. I'm taking that. That's a direct quote in, uh, in something that you sent me. When did you realize this about yourself, that you are really big on free market capitalism? Uh, I think it started with my paper route when I was a kid at age 15. You know, uh, in my family, uh, if, if you wanted something, you had to go earn the money. And so I started with a paper route. So very early on, I saw the connection between effort and reward. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what made America great is here in America, if you can get whatever you want out of the system by applying yourself to the degree you need to. Now, when we look at things like tariffs and subsidies, these are things that you say distort the marketplace. Explain what you mean by that when we talk about tariffs, because uh, some people might have uh, a different opinion on the issue. Well, uh, the flip side of success is failure. And so if you have an unlevel playing field, and that's either subsidies or tariffs, either one distorts this this field. And so what you're doing is rewarding people that truly should fail. And there's something in the free market system called the uh, creative destruction of the free market process. Mm-hmm. And so companies which aren't viable should go bankrupt and make room for new ones. And companies that are viable should succeed. And you shouldn't distort this playing field with subsidies or tariffs, either one. So proponents of tariffs would say that they are protecting American industry and American business, but you're saying that maybe the fact that they are being protected is a a bad thing in and of itself, because if they need to be protected, then they aren't strong enough to stand on their own two feet. Indeed, and and this is a global economy, like it or not, and and personally, I like it, because I think everyone in the world deserves an opportunity to have a job, to provide for their families. I think that's what will create peace on Earth, is if everybody has a job. And so as long as we've got a global economy, we need to be competitive on a global basis. So you would say, uh, and probably you you have an example of this, that that tariffs have been um, maybe not as helpful for you and for what you do, that there have been harmful tariffs that have been placed on you as a result of tariffs that the United States places on products coming into the United States. Have you seen examples of that and how that's hurt your business? Oh, um, absolutely. Absolutely. A few years ago, Brazil discovered oil in the pre-salt, which is, you know, deep, deep areas off their coastline. And in order to produce that oil, you needed exactly the technology that I produce. But unfortunately, when you export machines into Brazil, the tariffs are between 40 and 50 percent. And, you know, I'm, I'm living in a world where, you know, you're trying to make margins, which are, you know, a tiny fraction of that. And so the industry cannot support that level of tariffs. And and yet we were able to still sell into Brazil. And if you rewind back to why that's in place, you you can always find a tangled web. And Brazil, since they didn't have oil initially, got pretty good at making ethanol. But rather than making it out of corn like we do, uh, they were making it out of cane. And the the interesting thing about cane ethanol is there's actually energy return on energy investment, unlike corn ethanol. That's (laughs) another subject for another day. But... but, uh, 
we put tariffs to prevent this fuel from being imported from Brazil into the United States. And I didn't understand that because it's a green fuel. It's a good, you know, it's, everything's good about it. But we put tariffs on it. And then in response, we get tariffs. And I'm one of the victims. So rather than being protected, you're suffering as a business. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So I, I suppose when people look at what they do in China, right, where labor costs are so low, um, they look at that and they say, okay, we need to, you know, place a tariff on goods coming in from China so that the prices are comparable. But what's your solution instead of doing something like that? What's a, what's a better way for the United States to move forward then? Well, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> Once again, it's the free market system. In America, we innovate, other people duplicate, and that just forces us to the next level of innovation. So I have no problem at all with a country which has lower labor costs competing with us. All that does is forces us to, to be more efficient. Uh, you know, used to our, uh, the average household was spending 30% of their income on food. Now that's down to less than 20. And that's all through improved innovation. This is a good thing. Uh, and, and we don't need protection. We need opportunities to innovate. That's interesting. So um, right now, I would, I would say then that a lot of people... This might get into some political weeds and that, that sort of thing, and that's fine. And if we don't like it, we'll edit it out. But uh, one of the things that I think about is that I think people often believe themselves to be principled on issues like this until a political candidate that they support does the opposite. But in this case, like you've stayed really true to principles in this case, um, regardless of, of where, where the winds are blowing politically at the moment. Um, so this is something that you, you deeply believe to be true and will hold fast to regardless of who supports what. Right. And, and I like to hope that Trump is using tariffs to stop tariffs, but we won't know the end game for several years. And if that is what he's doing, then, then, uh, then he's brilliant. But if we're simply adding layers of protectionism and then the other countries are responding with their layers, then, then it's going to be a dismal failure. It's an interesting time, and I wonder just as as the president, as the founder of a company that's constantly innovating in this space, how would you, what would you do to advise maybe other people in the manufacturing and in the industry space how to kind of get through a period like this where it is an interesting time and there are ups and downs and wild swings in the economy and wild swings in manufacturing? How do people weather a storm like this or, or make it through the ups and the downs? Well, what I've learned is uh, business is cyclical. But there's a lot of different industries out there. And so what we do is when uh, one industry's down, we go look for another. And uh, it's not atypical for one solution that works well in one industry to also be applicable to another. So whether we're welding valves or rockets, uh, it's still welding. That's a good point. Uh, so there was a story that you told me, and it had to do with chickens, and it had to do with the chicken tax. And I was wondering if you could tell that story or at least kind of give us that example uh, here on the podcast. Okay, this doesn't affect my, my uh, business, but it does affect my wallet because I just bought a new truck. Yeah. And uh, the, uh, the amount I paid for this truck, you, you know, a few years ago, you'd buy a house for it. And, <laughs> and, it, and you know, but it's, you know, if you're going to be in Texas, it's necessary. So, but if you dig a little deeper, what you'll find is in the early 60s, uh, France and Germany put tariffs on U.S. chicken imports because we'd, be, we'd become quite efficient here in America with our industrialized farms. That's a whole other conversation. But we'd become so efficient that we would be uh, putting the French and German chicken farmers out of business, so they put tariffs on chickens. LBJ, good Texas boy, his response was to put tariffs on brandy, dextrose, 
and trucks. All those all those tariffs are gone with one glaring exception. There is a twenty. 20- it's not the brandy, is it? No, no, no. Okay. Unfortunately, unfortunately, brandy's <laughs> that, that's clear. Dextrose. If you ever need any of that, we we can buy that directly. But the, there's still a twenty five percent tariff on trucks, and what that means is trucks are more expensive than they should be. Tariffs always result in higher consumer cost. Yeah. And um, uh, let's see. It was the Harvard University did a study, and they said this. 40 years of protection for the U.S. truck industry has really hobbled it because it's reduced innovation. Uh, there's no urgency to become more efficient, and uh, it's not good for anyone. Yeah, and I think you made an interesting point there, just that the, the costs are always passed down to the consumer in this. That's kind of where things always lead. And so when you bought that truck, you paid more for it than you should have. Absolutely. If that wasn't the case, they would be uh, shipping in, paying the tariff, and, and going on. And if you go back to uh, the beginnings in, in the U.S., this is how we funded our government was with tariffs. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we had a little world war and we needed additional funding. So they came up with this something called the income tax. You may be familiar with it. Yeah, I am. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, and so I was kind of confused as to uh, if we're generating a bunch of money with these tariffs because yeah. it, it's a huge financial impact uh, on everyone. You know, it's in the news every day. And so I had the... Uh, had the luxury of getting to talk to someone from the Dallas Fed, and I said, "Okay, so where's all this tariff money going?" He, he said, "It's relatively trivial. It's it's not making a significant impact on our budget, but it is having a significant impact on our economy." Interesting. We'll just have to see where this uh, where this goes and where it continues to shake out. Because I like you, I, I'm sure you're following the news every day just to see what's happening and, and what's going on in the world. Oh, absolutely. It's, this is something dear to my heart. In fact, uh, we did a, a, a segment on, on the radio a couple of years ago on, on NAFTA mm-hmm. because I'm, I'm pro-NAFTA because that's, that's free trade. Yeah. Those are, those are two, of my, two of my words that I like. And uh, that got picked up by uh, one of the congressmen, and they asked us to go to Washington. So I actually got to testify on NAFTA. Wow. Yeah, it was kind of an interesting deal. If you, if you ever have the opportunity, I recommend you do it once. <laughs> but you, you don't want to get asked back, though, probably. Oh, uh, yeah. I said, you know, when will the plane arrive? And they said, oh, no, yeah, that's, that's up to you. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that, that's on you, buddy. Uh, so one of the other things we wanted to talk about was subsidies. And as we talk about trucks, we talk about one side, tariffs. But as we look at subsidies... Electric vehicles are kind of one of the areas that are highly subsidized, right? I, I, I went and read up on a little bit on this, and currently automakers get a $2,500 to $7,500 subsidy in the form of a tax credit for consumers for their first 200,000 electric vehicle sales, which I think is interesting. And this is another way that the free market economy gets a little distorted. What, what do you think about uh, subsidies and their, their impact on the market? Well, as, as a taxpayer, each of us have paid for a good portion of an electric car, but only a few people are driving them. I'm not one of them. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not either. Okay, so but that $7,500, where did that come from? It came from you and I. So that's the first thing that's, that's disruptive, and it unlevels the playing field. And the second thing is uh, road taxes. Now, that's been addressed by some of the states, mm-hmm. but normally we fund our roads through gasoline taxes, and uh, electric cars don't burn a lot of gasoline. As it turns out. No, they burn coal and, and, <laughs> and other things. But, but uh, so That's probably another podcast hey, for that's another day. Yet, yet another podcast. I think we're up to three now. Mm-hmm. So, the, uh, so that's two, play, two ways that they're free riders. You know, they're, they're relying on uh, the rest of us 
to fund the roads and pay for their cars. And I don't approve of that. That's, that's not part of the free market system. If electric cars are viable on their own, I'm all in. So some people would look at electric cars and say, this is the way of the future. At a certain point, we're going to need to adopt this to reduce our dependency on fossil fuels, to do better things for the environment, things along those lines. There are people that would make that argument. Um, and so I, I think the argument for subsidies would then be that this is a net positive for the population in general. How would you respond to that? That At times, you need to subsidize certain technologies, certain innovations to make sure that they actually get the momentum to move forward because in the end, it's a net good for everybody. Uh, once again, I think that if it's not viable on its own, it, it shouldn't be encouraged. And this isn't viable. Uh, maybe one day it will. You know, when technology reaches that point, but uh, maybe it is now. And if so, they should be able to survive without tariffs. But you've seen in some of the European countries, uh, the sales of electric vehicles have plummeted when they eliminated the uh, subsidies. So that's, that's what we call a clue. These are not economically viable. I wonder, I suppose the, uh, the production of those needs to be... Uh, streamlined, made more efficient, maybe automated. Maybe you help out with that, I guess. But th th there's something that are that's jacking up the cost of these electric vehicles then that to, to produce anyways. Uh, well, you know, any car is, is labor intensive. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, yeah, there's there's room for improvement on efficiency of construction. But but I'm, I'm more concerned with the actual energy efficiency. You know, every time you convert energy, there's losses. So tomorrow, Dan Alford gets put in charge of all things economics for the United States of America, and you can snap your fingers and do what you want. We're, we're eliminating all tariffs, all subsidies, and going to completely free market. What, what does that look like? How is the world different tomorrow Ouch. when you're in charge? Ouch, that's, that is really tough because, <laughs> you know, like I said, possibly Trump is doing this in response to tariffs, and uh, so maybe it's necessary. And I would like to hope that if we led the way with reduced tariffs, uh, with trade agreements like NAFTA and such, then uh, maybe the world would follow. Uh, I think everyone understands that a global free market uh, benefits the whole globe. So I'd, I'd like to hope that. But, and so I, I would say, yes, I would lead by example. Initially, it would be a little painful, mm -hmm. but let's lead by example. We probably see a number of companies that are subsidized and propped up in this way probably end up not sticking around. But that's that's not a, in your opinion, that's not a bad thing. It's a survival of the fittest type, you know, type of uh, type of world that we live in. No, one of the buildings we're using right now uh, housed a supercomputer farm, and the the fellows didn't bother to keep their supercomputers up to date. And an old supercomputer is kind of like old vegetables; it really has no value at all. And so. Oh. So they went bankrupt, and uh, if somebody had propped them up, they'd still be living on it. I think it's called a zombie company, right? Right. Uh, so they'd still be living on as a zombie company. Instead, they went bankrupt. The building went to auction. We bought it, and now it's full of robots and people working. Where's the bad news? Doesn't sound like a bad thing to me. No. That's the creative destruction of the free market system. We have to allow this to happen. Well... Dan, I hope that you are in charge one day. Just, you know, snap your fingers. Let's just see what happens, you know. I, 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 I like this a lot. But this is fun to discuss with you because you do have uh, these principles and you stick with them. And it, it's exciting just to get a chance to discuss things going on in the world like tariffs and subsidies. And so I appreciate the time today. It's been my pleasure. Yeah.